Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Noise, Part 3, Fasting, recorded Sunday, March 12th, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Scott with today's message. We love where God has us, but sometimes he doesn't want us to stay where he has us. Sometimes we don't like we are, where we are, but honestly, he doesn't want us to stay there either. And so he wants us to cut through the noise. There's things that we can remove so that we can have clarity from him. And that's what this series is helping us for as we move into Easter. Now, do you remember what, what one of these is, any of you? Remember that? How many of you know what that is, like on top of that television? The television's a television. Maybe you don't even know that at this point. But. So we call them rabbit ears, right? That's like when I was a kid, that's how we watched TV. Before we had cable, we did stream with rabbit ears. We had these three massive towers in West Omaha on 72nd Street, West Omaha. Omaha people know what I'm talking about. That's, that's, like, that's not West Omaha, but it was then. And these invisible microwaves would go right to the antenna, right into my living room. And we had four channels. You had ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, whatever they called it then. I don't know what they called it back then. It wasn't until the early 80s that something like cable television showed up, which was amazing. You could watch ESPN. 24 hours a day. And back then it was simply Australian rules football. That's all it was. But anyway, it was cool. Anyway, back to the rabbit ears. So they could be finicky. You remember this? So you're sitting there, you're watching Gilligan's Island after a long day at school, and, and there's snow on the island. And you're like, why? Well, because the rabbit ears are out of focus. You go up, you do your magic, move this one, move that one, get a little tin foil, whatever it took. You know, you had to move, you had to remove the static. And, and it usually worked if you had the touch. And I, I just want to explain why that's important for us today. That is because I see prayer and fasting like the, the dual antennas. Like they kind of go together. You need them both. To get real good reception, they both got to be in the right place. And, and, and if you will use those two tools, they'll do something for you that will change things for you. They'll bring you clarity. So today I'm challenging you to experience fasting. Now, by the end of this message, hopefully you'll, at least if you've never fasted, have a desire to try it. If you have to... to to go back in and give it another shot. And I, and I thought if I'm going to challenge you to, to fasting and prayer next week, it might be a good thing for me to define what it means to fast because you probably know many people, even yourself, maybe you do some fasting. Like, like some of us do something called intermittent fasting where we, you know, certain, we stop eating at a certain time during the day and then we don't eat until the next day at a certain time and then once a week, we, we, we fast for 24 hours. Some of you do this. I've done this fairly frequently in the last couple of years because my doctor demanded that I do it. And whatever he tells me to do, he's a genius. I do what he tells me, kind of. Anyway, so <clears throat> you know what that is. That's, I'm not talking about that. There are many religions that fast, but they do it for the completely wrong reason. They do it to, 
to depreciate themselves. They do it to deprive themselves so they can appease a God. That's not what I'm talking about. The kind of fasting that we do at, at, because we're Christians is not to lose the February 15 we've accumulated. That's not why we do it. It's not to deprive ourselves of things we like. That's not why we do it. Here's here's a definition. A fast is a Christ-focused experience, a humbling experience of putting myself in the place of being hungry and in need. And it's a short period of time. Tony Evans says a fast is giving up something physical to experience something something spiritual so in in essence it's that i'm going to consume less of something so i can experience something that god has more for me to have so let, let let's let's go to the feature passage of this series it's in matthew chapter 4 and i'm going to start with verse 1 and we're going to see how jesus himself fasted and and so let's read this jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, huh, well, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You're God, right? Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds or comes from the mouth of God. So when we've been in the series, so you know Jesus entered the wilderness. And by the way, he knew exactly what he was doing. Like this wasn't like, oh, the Spirit led him in, and he's like, oh, here I am. No, he had a plan for this. He was reliving Israel's story, the nation he came to, to, to reveal himself to the world in, Israel. He was demonstrating his dependence on God's provision because Yahweh had called Israel into the wilderness after that nation was taken out of slavery from Egypt. Remember that story? Exodus chapter 4. And so God then provided for the people in the wilderness, he provided for all their needs. Remember, he brought manna to them and he had pheasant, quail, you know, all kinds of resources for them to survive. But the people quickly started to doubt God's provision. And they took matters into their own hands. They, they stopped believing that God would meet their needs. And so Jesus, in this spiritual event, went into the wilderness for 40 days where he reenacts Israel's wandering in the wilderness. And he's, he's resisting the urge to rely on his own power and instead to trust God's provision. That's what this is all about. Now, as we're going to see when we go forward in this series, the tempter comes to him no less than three times and puts his true identity into a testing position. He says, if you're the son of God, and in this case he said, if you're the son of God, turn these, stone into these stones into bread. And every time, each time, Jesus quotes Scripture, each time. And he doesn't just pull random verses out. He goes right to the passage in Deuteronomy where Moses is reminding the children of Israel how, how they should have learned lessons about God's provision when they were in the wilderness. These are lessons that Jesus and others in his day would have known by heart. So, again, I, I said this last week if you're here, we are not Jesus. 
Like we are, I am not suggesting you should stop eating for 40 days. As a matter of fact, if you're going to do that, you got to go see the doctor and you better be ready because it might kill you. But why do we fast and pray? Because I am suggesting we do that. Well, here is one good reason. We have an enemy who wants us to doubt God's provision. Like that's his game. He is an accuser. He condemns us. He causes you to doubt God. He causes you to doubt your place in God's family. He causes us to want to doubt whether or not we're really forgiven of our sin. He wants us to doubt that God will take care of our every need. So we need to remember. We need to remember that he's wiped our slate clean, that he's given us a new lease on life, and that sometimes things distract us from seeing that. So the noise can get to us. So it's good at times to clear away the noise and to listen because we need his help. Psalm 121 verse 2 says, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He's our helper. In the Lord's prayer, Jesus said, Give us this day. This day, our daily bread. Yeah, it's like it's a lifestyle, right? But we struggle with this, and here's why. Now listen to me. The reason this room will struggle with this concept is this. We are all rich. And you're like, well, I'm not rich. <laughs> They're rich, maybe. I'm not rich. Even the poorest person in this room in comparison to about half of the world, maybe more, maybe about three-fourths of the world's population, you are rich. And there's plenty of poor people in the world, people who don't have a roof over their head, people who can't get groceries. The, the fact of the matter is, if you're really hungry today, by the end of the day, and you have no resources, you can at least find a really good meal at the Salvation Army. But in most of the world, that's not true. People are starving. And when people are in desperation, when people are starving, that's when it comes to light for them that they will do anything to satisfy their hunger. And that's the situation Jesus was in at this moment in the wilderness. When Satan comes to him, he is hungry. He's in desperation. And people who are in desperation because of hunger will do desperate things. Back before World War II, when Germany and the Nazi party were trying to gain power, the normal folks like you and me, people who would be sitting in churches, they're the ones who put them into power. You know why they did it? Because the slogan of the Nazi party was Albright in Brut. You know what that means? Work and food. Work and bread. If you vote for us, we will give you a job and some bread. And people voted the Nazis into power on that promise. But in a nation of affluence, our perceived needs go beyond bread. Because I, was, I said this to Jackie yesterday. We were driving home. And we were talking about this message. I said, you know what? I never have to be hungry. I can always get food. Like, like I can pull off this interstate and I have a, enough resources to buy some food. And the food's there. And so it, it's, as Americans, it's a struggle to understand this. But you say, well, no, I really do have some needs that aren't being met. I got bills. I got medical bills. My house, it's falling apart. My car, it's falling apart. 
My kids, they need dance. They need sports. They need voice lessons. They need the American Isle tryout, the, you know, dance lessons. They, you know, you know they've they got to make the NBA, so, you know, it's going to require some, you know. So we get needy. We actually get greedy, to be honest. I mean, like, we get worried about taking care of not just the daily things, but the, the everythings, you know. And then it creates this kind of desperation in our life. It's a desperation of comparison, really. But, but we need to know what Jesus knows. We need to remember and be reminded of this, that God will take care of our daily needs, and we live by trust in that. Now, Jesus taught this lesson in many ways. I mean, he, again, he taught us how to pray this. He said, give us this day our daily bread, and that's a prayer. And that's something that we should keep in mind. He referred to himself as the bread of life, that he's the origin of all life and substance. He, he fed crowds in many different situations who had no food, to, not just to make sure that they had something to eat, but to remind us in a bigger sense, God will take care of us if we'll let him, if we'll trust him. And so here's the thing. I think that this is one of the things that Christians never accept. Christians now. American Christians like us. We never accept or understand this, that, that God will take care of us, and so therefore, we, don't, we never begin to be generous. We never begin to tithe, as we're taught in the Scriptures. Because we think we got to take care of our own provision, and we can't give up resources, because we don't believe enough in a God who will take care of our, of our situation. So it keeps us from being stingy. It keeps us being, we hold back from God. But when I truly live by the trust that even my daily bread comes from God, then that's a provisional statement that I make to him every day. And I trust him with that. So now, how does fasting fit here? Because again, a Christ-focused fast is a humbling experience where we put ourselves in a situation where we're hungry for a short period of time so that we can remember that God will take care of our needs in all ways. So that's, it's a simple thing, but why fast? Well, first of all, because it, it helps us to trust him in some very simple ways. But how does that work? And I think the, the way it works is that I remove something and I replace it with something better because I'm letting him come in. I let him replace the something I removed with something better. What what does it accomplish? Well, first of all, fasting removes interference. Like when I fast and then I use prayer in that same situation, I'm kind of wiggling the antenna and I'm getting some reception in a different way and this is my view. We are in a dangerous period of time as a nation, as a people, and even as a church where the enemy is sowing seeds of fear in our lives. And we are being attacked spiritually by this enemy. So a a, a short period of, of prayer and fasting or some kind of a combination of those things, it's, it's a counterattack. It's the way that we clear the air so that God can move in. By fasting, we're removing some interference. Like, And I'm going to give you some ideas on this. Okay, you ready? Brace yourself. How about a social media fast? 
all of you just got anxious. Like you're like, you, you, I, I saw people do this. Where's my cell phone? Hey, did they grab it when they handed out that communion? Like did they, did they pickpocket my cell phone? You know what I'm talking about. It's addicting. And it can really be hard on you. Because, it, because when we are just inundated by social media, it creates unhealthy comparison. Like in your marriage. You see that some of your friends went to a weekend to remember. And by the way, it's a good thing to do. I suggest you might try it if you've never done it. But then you look at that and you say, oh, I'm a horrible spouse. Here I am, here and there, there, you know. And we compare ourselves. Like, like in your, as a parent, you see some mom who makes nothing but organic food grown in jars on her living room wall. And you're like, I, I just hand my kids fruit snacks all day long. What's wrong with me? <laughs> you know, comparison. You think you're content. You think you're happy. And then you see 20 ads as you're scrolling through the phone and you're on your lunch break showing you all these things that you think you need to have. And so you're on Amazon. And, you know, you get into debates and arguments with people you don't know or maybe you do about stuff you know nothing about. I mean, sports to the Ukraine. I mean, how many of you really know much about the Ukraine? And you're going to argue with people on social media about the Ukraine? You don't know anything about that. I mean, maybe you do, but most of us don't. Now, I'm, not, I'm not trying to take something fun from you, but I'll, I'm just trying to help us see and to encourage you to give your soul a break. I mean, like put something to the side that just takes a whole lot of time and a whole lot of energy. I mean, think about this. You have thousands of contacts probably on your phone and through your social media platforms, and you can text about some serious stuff every day. You can text about sickness and divorce and life struggles and job loss. Do you really think that God intends for you to carry all those burdens? Really? You really think he wants you to carry the burdens of 1,050 people? Or is that his job? Just asking. Give yourself a break. That's one way you can fast. Figure that out. Here's the second thing, the news. Fast from the news. The news is a fear driver. You go to your television, you, got a, you loop in you know, CNN, CNBC, Fox News. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone to someone's home because they called me in like, like they're in crisis or there's something going on. I walk in the door, they got the loop on. It's on two or three televisions in a space. And I'm like, maybe they'll turn it off so we can pray about this important situation. I feel kind of funny saying, can you turn off, the, can you turn off Fox News for five minutes? I've, I've said that, and I think people said no, you know? There's something about that. It drives you, you know? It's like you're, you're always anxious. You're fearful because every day that news is telling you another way you are going to die. Do you really need that? I mean, I'm just asking. Here's the challenge, right? Do you think that God can handle the world for maybe like a week or two while you turn off the news? I'm just asking. Now, here's a third way that you can fast. And this is the way Jesus did in this case. Food. Some element of food. Some of you have health concerns. You need to be careful. You need to make sure you're doing it under medical supervision. But but, but here's the thing. There are some things you can do, even if you're not fasting from all food. You can fast 
in some manner. I mean, for a period of time. Maybe it's solid foods. Maybe it's some form of food for a period of time. Something you can give up so you can have some time in that period of time to serve the Lord, to hear God speak, to read the scripture. You know, snacks, soda, bread, meat, I don't know. Something like that. Here's what I don't want to hear. I just heard it out in the hallway again. Guy says to me, um, I, I, I made this challenge last hour. I said, maybe you, you, I don't want to hear this. I'm going to fast from liver and, on, and onions. Like, I'm like, look, I, I mean, I, I'm, in, I'm in with you on that one, okay? Every day, all day long, okay? This guy comes out and goes, hey, I'm not fasting from that. I eat that twice a week. And I'm like, well, maybe you should fast. That might not be good for your health. I have no idea, you know? I'm going to fast from dry vegetables. Well, come on, really? What a sacrifice you're making. I, I, the bigger the sacrifice, probably the better the results. That's all I'm saying. Jesus fasted from, from contact with people at times. We talked about this last week. Here he's fasting from food. It's a way for him to reset his spiritual journey. And uh, he is not the only person in the scripture that fasted. There's a lot of them. I mean, people like Moses and Nehemiah and Daniel and the Apostle Paul, they saw it as a way to prepare for something coming. So when I fast, I am following his example. That's another good reason to fast. If, if Jesus does something, I feel like, you know what, I should try that. And so... Uh, by the way, he gives instructions on this. It's not like he just says, oh, stop eating stuff for a while. That's not. Here's what he says in Matthew 6. It was a common thing that the Pharisees around him would fast, and they would do so for the wrong reasons. He said, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting, but ashes on their face. They didn't say that, but that's kind of what I see that. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full, but when you fast, Put oil on your head, wash your face, so it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting. Because only you're having a father who's unseen. Your father, he will see what's done in secret. He will reward you. So, you know, there's some things that you can do that will help you push the spiritual reset button. And, 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 and so you don't want to be like, you know, there's a term, humble bragging. Like, you don't fast to humble brag. You have a friend like this. You know, somebody who, you see them, you say, hey, you want to go get some food? Oh, I'm fasting. Um, I'm so hungry. I'm starving to death. But I'm doing it for Jesus. Me and Jesus, just fasting, miserable in our lives. Also, I can be spiritual. And put it on Facebook. Please. Don't. That is your reward. That's what Jesus says. God wants to reward you, but not, not as a publicity stunt. How does God reward me when I fast? Well, it creates extra space for him to fill in my life in some extraordinary ways. Because as you know, our lives can get so full of just survival, and we're just keeping things moving that we just... We have no room for God. I, I, I want to use a simple illustration to show that. So if this little bowl here represents my life and all the, you know, these are coffee beans, that represents the stuff that fills my life. Like there's a lot of stuff. I got, man, I got, uh, I got work. I've got, a, I've got a family. I got, you know, I'm married. I've got children. I got grandkids. 
um, you know, I, I have some interests that, you know, that keep me going and that are important to me. And so it's a pretty full bowl, you know, already. And then, you know, I start adding stuff like, you know, I got to you gotta do a lot of, you know, I got to do some cable news every day, right? And then I got, uh, you know, like the kids, you know, their NBA careers at stake. So I got to make sure they get to NBA, pre-NBA practice. They're only going to be five foot six. I have no idea how they're going to make the NBA. But I got, you know, my little sweet daughter who's going to be on American Idol someday. And got to make sure she gets to all her practices. And I got, you know, I got to, I got to do better with food, so I got to do all that Hello Fresh stuff, you know, that take, doesn't take any time. And then, you know, my church, oh, by the way, this is really important. We don't want any beans. The, the church does need some things from me, so let's not skimp there, okay? I'm just going to throw that out. But you know what I'm saying? Like we, and, then, and then so we say, God, fill my life. And so if this represents the Spirit of God, you know, filling my life, like I got, here, God's fill me. And I'm like, it's just like, like, there's no room. Like, and by the way, I do believe God blesses us even when our lives are full. I do. I don't think God is, like, ignoring us because, because our lives are overfilled. I'm just saying, let's make a little room. That's what, that's what a fast and a prayer time can do. Like, if you're, let's just say, like, you're saying, I'm going to just give up lunch for, you know, like, I'm not going to sit down and prepare and sit down and make lunch and eat it for a period of time. You can use that time to serve others. You can use that time to get into Scripture and read in ways that you haven't been. Maybe you use it, like, I'm a walker, so maybe I'd put Scripture on for a period of time. I'll walk for a while, and then I'll just turn that off, and I'll say, God, what do you want me to hear from you? And listen, you know? And it opens a door, giving up something important for just a season so I can, I can get something better from God. That's really what this is. It's not time to shrink back. It's time to pray for peace. It's time for pray, to pray for power. It's time to seek the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace in the church, in my home, and in our country. And, and, and you know, maybe I need to make some room so that God can actually work in me for the things he wants to do. That's what a fast does. I gave you three different areas. You might think of some others. Social media, the news, some form of a food fast. After we commune together, I want to come back and explain that a little further. Lord, as we commune, we're just saying I'm clearing the slate because you cleared your slate to come into this world. You cleared your space to make space for us. In communion, we're remembering that. Your gift, your grace, your mercy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So just an intentional movement toward God. It's an intentional way for me to say, God, I'm, uh, I just want you. <laughs> you know. And so in this moment, whatever that fast entails, you don't just empty yourself of something. You also fill yourself by opening your life up to him so you can hear from him. And so I'm just going to challenge you to that. I don't know if it's maybe instead of having lunch, you're going to take a half hour to read scripture and pray. You know, you're going to pray for our church. You're going to pray for our ministry staff. You're going to pray for your family in some way that you know is important for your family and our community and our world. I don't know. Have some serious conversation with God about something happening in your life that you know isn't healthy. You know, 
I'm not going to turn on the news loop. I'm not going to find out another way to die this week. I'm going to instead just, I'm going to, I'm going to die to him. I'm going to die to myself and receive life from him, from God. I'm going to create some space. You know, I mean, and all, and all I'm doing is by doing those things, I'm just removing a little bit of clutter and noise. And I'm finding a way to give him some room so that he can pour his life into me. And it fills me in a new way. That's what we're talking about. Taking some stuff out. Because sometimes my stomach can be full, but my soul can be empty. That's what Jesus is showing us. So going into Easter, it might be that you're going to do something from now until then. It might be that you're going to dedicate some period of time where you're going to do some serious fasting and praying to open up the gateway for God's Holy Spirit to speak to you in a new way. Don't forget the scripture. You don't just empty yourself and then leave yourself up to the chance. You, the scripture feeds you. Now, I want you to know this. None of this will have any effect in your life unless you first come to Jesus Christ for salvation. Okay? He will not fill you if you're not part of him. Have you responded to Christ by belief, by faith, you know, by a posture of humility, repentance, and putting yourself before him for salvation? Have you heard his call and listened? And, and have you said, I am going to follow Jesus? He lived a sinless life. He showed me how to live. He died a horrendous death on, in my place. He was raised from the dead so I can have life too. When I believe in Jesus and I follow his example, I repent of my sin, I, I trust in him, I'm baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of my sins, he cleanses me and makes me new. It has to start there. And then you can go into the wilderness with him. You, you, in, other, in other words, you go into the wilderness with him or without him. Your choice. But you have to choose. If you're ready to take that step of salvation, we're here to walk you through that. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.